I would like to pull the plug out from him. I, 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 would, I would wait on that one. <laughs> I know how you feel, but juries today, you never know how they're going to look at a thing like this. I saw you looking at your watch. You want to leave? Go ahead. No, I just wanted to see what time it was. Are you afraid of him? No. Then kiss me. Here? Yes, right here. Is this the proper venue? You don't want to? No, no, I want to. I, I very much want to. I, I desire to. I, I pine to. Then kiss me right in front of I him. I can't. What if he wakes up? A man is lying here unconscious and you're afraid of him? What kind of a man are you? I'm a man who respects a good coma. But I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Steven, where's my vacuum? <laughs> my mother's coming over. I've got to make the place clean. Just use a carpet cleaner. Oh, but those things don't work. It's yeah. a big scam. It's the biggest scam ever put on the American people. <laughs> By the Australian people. By the Australian people, yes. By the Australian people? To the Australian people. And for the Australian people, yes. We are two Australian people from down under. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, and welcome back for another episode. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And this week we're travelling to Season 3, Episode 15, The Suicide. Um, a very enjoyable episode, this one. I, re- I liked it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It really made me want a Drake's coffee cake. Yeah. The whole time I thought, I, even though I probably can't eat them, yeah. uh, I really want to drink coffee cake. I did say last week that, uh, you, you know, they're non-vegan, I don't think. No, I don't so. think that. I, cakes usually have eggs or milk, yeah. so I probably can't eat them, but uh, yeah, I, I just really want one. You're pretty keen. Yeah, if I ever decide to break veganism, I think uh, Drake's coffee cake might be up there with, uh, you know, a big fat steak or something like that. So you weren't like Newman, you were like, can I just have a little bite? No. Just a bite? No, no, I still resisted. But, I have uh, one to save for later. Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, you know, when you see a billboard you're like i really want that thing that's being advertised but when you drive past it you, you forget about it yeah it's a temporary thing it was like that flash in a pan yeah exactly yeah, kind of thing yeah and uh yeah so we're here for another episode and if you want to follow us on social media at b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c and where's our email or what is our email steve uh bidwabas podcast at gmail.com we're also available on itunes spotify stitcher all your podcast services uh, you can subscribe, listen, rate, review us. That would be amazing if you want to leave a five-star review or even tell your mates uh, or anyone you think uh, who might enjoy us. That would be amazing. Or if you want to leave us a $5 note or something a bit less, uh, patreon.com forward slash bidwabaski. You get some nice perks like early access to episodes. So if you're on Patreon, you're listening to this episode one week earlier than everyone else. And you also get access to extra episodes of our new podcast, Season 10. That's right. And that podcast, we, every week, uh, write and uh, record and act out a Season 10 episode, uh, a hypothetical Season 10 that we're, uh, that we're creating on our own. That's right, yes. Set, set 20 years after the uh, original show's uh, completion in 1998. Indeed, yes. Now, Stephen, uh, with Seinfeld News, uh, we've had quite a few events uh, in the Seinfeld universe, or a couple of significant ones. Uh, how many Seinfeld News segments do you have this week? Three. Three, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so two, I would say, are significant, and one, yeah, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. Still newsworthy, though. It is. So yes, uh, as you said, there are three Seinfeld news pieces. Uh, first one, a sad story, but also not a sad story. So last Wednesday, Jerry Stiller, the uh, actor who plays Frank Costanza, George's father in the show. One of my favorite secondaries. Yep. yep. And uh, one of the best uh, comedy actors going around, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was rushed to hospital after a health scare. 
after a person who was with him uh, began worrying about him. Uh, the reports that came out didn't really go into detail as to what it might have been. Uh, there were a few rumours floating around, though, uh, that it may have been a stroke mm. or something uh, indicating yeah. a stroke. Wow. Uh, he is 91. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at that age, things start to happen. And his wife did pass away a few years ago as yeah. well. So, yep, yep. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, he left the hospital, I think, the next day or maybe two days later uh, with a clean bill of health. So up until now, he's, he's doing fine. So That's great. Yeah, hopefully he continues to, to have a clean bill of health for, for many, many years. Well, he's meant to act in season 10. That's right. <laughs> he's, got to, he's got to stick around to at least then. Please. Yeah. We need a Stellan Frank. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah. Good, uh, good health and good news for, for uh, Jerry Stiller, which is awesome. Very good for the Stiller family, indeed. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, so, through the week, two podcasts came out. Podcasts. Uh, podcasts. Podcasts. I don't know why I said it like that. Came out through the week uh, <laughs> talking about Seinfeld. Uh, not, not ours. Uh, two other podcasts. So, uh, one is the Daily Signals podcast, and they talk about recent articles covering uh, Seinfeld's lack of political correctness in 2019. And they do cite cite the Bustle article that we talked about last week. That must be the hottest article of 2019 so far. So far. So far. Especially in the uh, TV landscape. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I haven't listened to it, but I will, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to report on it uh, in a few weeks when I'm back. I am away, by the way, next week, and uh, beloved friend of the show... Uh, and semi-regular guest Stacey will be filling the seat for the next two episodes. That's right, yes. So Stacey will be here, and uh, it'll be me and her uh, doing uh, Bidwabask and a couple of episodes of Season 10. That's right. Which will be awesome. While uh, I'm away in Zifarzaland. Zifarzaland. Zifarzaland, yeah. Yeah, so that w- there was a bit of German and a bit of Dutch. <laughs> That's the land of chocolate, isn't it? It's true. <laughs> that was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Ooh, chocolate, half price. Uh, the other podcast that came out through the week talking about Seinfeld was a Vice magazine or Vice media podcast called The Vice Guide to Right Now. And it's a pop culture podcast. They talk about what's going on right now in pop culture. And uh, on the on the podcast, uh, one of Vice's writers, Ali Conti, talks about the core four's ages because in the show, and I mean, we've talked about this uh, a few times where it's relevant, um, they never really strictly reveal the characters' ages. They do from time to time, but you sort of have to do a bit of investigating and a bit of, uh, you know, you have to have a bit of knowledge about the show and about the core four to figure out how old they actually are. So in this, in this podcast, uh, she... Yeah, does a deep dive into the show to figure to figure out what she thinks their exact ages are uh, during the during the series run, which is pretty cool. And what are the ages? Uh, I didn't note that down. Oh, because I haven't okay. listened to the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, just just the podcast exists. So if you want to find out, go listen to it. And again, I'll listen to it while I'm away and hopefully report on it when I'm back. Nice, and we'll put that in the show notes. The link to the podcast, of course. Cool. Uh, the final bit of news uh, in December. Uh, last year, the original Superman, which is the company owned by the actor, you'll know who he is, Larry Thomas. Larry Thomas, who plays the Super Nazi. That's right. Uh, in the uh, in the episode, the Super Nazi our, episode, our very first episode of Bill yeah, So I go know. back and listen to that if you want to hear how far we've come. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hear us as young boys, <laughs> young boys, <laughs> young, <laughs> young, nearly two years ago, young men. Yeah, I mean, shit, it is nearly two years ago, March 2017. Boys wow. to men. <laughs> what a ride it's been. Indeed, yeah, it's uh, about two year anniversary. Yeah, in March. Shit. We better do something special for yeah, it. Yeah, hopefully, we will. Wink, let's wink. just let's just redo a, uh, a, a review of well of the secondary characters from the Super Nazi. But and, and it's it, got to be, be like, and it's got to be like verbatim. Yeah, it's like yeah, 
what, welcome to, but I don't want to be a secondary yeah. character. We've got to do it like uh, the old way. No. I reckon a revisit of the Soup Nazi would be cool. Yeah, that might Maybe. actually work. That might actually work. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see. If you think uh, we should do that or if you have any other ideas of what we should do for our second anniversary uh, episode, uh, get in touch with us. Yeah. Let us know. Our second anniversary is exactly on the 15th of March that's this right. year. So That's uh, when we published our first episode. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the original Superman, which is a company owned by Larry Thomas, uh, debuted an exclusive exclusive seasonal 44th street that's a new york soup kiosk uh much similar to the one in the show um they offer and i quote fresh authentic local artisanal soups to quote return with a vengeance back to their rightful place as a heritage driven nyc brand it's a bit of marketing jargon for you mm. marketing, marketing crap yeah too many big <laughs> words yeah 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 <laughs> so uh the company plans to roll out four more kiosks uh, serving the Superman, original Superman soup. Oh, yeah. Um, all in New York. So one will be in Albany, Astoria, uh, and two more in Atlantic City. And uh, Unksaville? I'm going to. U N C A S Ville. Sounds about un- right. Unksaville. Unksaville. Must be German. Yeah. And they've also released a new range of soups on their website. So if you go to originalsoupman.com, you can uh, pick up. There's lobster bisque, there's uh, Mexican soup, I think there's a tortilla soup, maybe. Uh, maybe crab soup yeah. or corn soup, something like that. So some of the recipes from the show and uh, some new stuff. So pretty cool. Nice. I hope they're available in Australia, even though I can't eat them. Just, yeah. Just have a packet, you know, in our little shrine. <laughs> even, awesome. even like powdered soup. Yeah. Just just powderize it. Yeah. And we'll have it. Yeah. That'd yep. be fine. Yeah. And also uh, one other special bit of Seinfeld news you forgot to mention, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day was JLD's birthday. Oh, Happy shit. birthday to JLD. Yes, much yes. love JLD. Yes, I think she's 58. 58 now, yeah. yeah. 58. Yeah. Yeah. There, you, there go. you go. Cool. Well, so happy ha- birthday. I'm sorry I missed that. Happy birthday, Julia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll just, I'll just I'll just record like a separate bit <laughs> pretending <laughs> I didn't miss it and then you can edit it in. Yeah. And it'll, it'll, be sound, like, yeah. it'll be like, and the final piece of news. And it's like, didn't you say that just before? Yeah, and the final <laughs> bit of news, happy birthday to Mr. Black. <laughs> Mr. Black. <laughs> to JLD. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good. Shall we get cracking on this episode? The Sounds good. Might as well. Yeah. While we're here. Yeah. So season season three, rather, episode 15, first aired in the US, January 29, 1992, almost 27 years ago. Directed by Tom Sharones, written by, not, jeez, I got, it's 22 years ago. No, 20... Seven years ago? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Remember last time when Stacey was here, I was like, this came out 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Like, what? You made it's some like mistake. 30 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago? No, yeah. 27, you got it right. Nice. Directed by Tom Sharones, written by Tom Leopold. Elaine needs to fast before an ulcer test, so she tries starving herself three days before. After his neighbour Martin, played by C.E. Grimes... Martin. Martin. Oh, Martin. Tries to commit suicide and ends up in a coma. Jerry is hit on by his girlfriend Gina, played by Gina Gallego, while at the hospital. Elaine and George visit a psychic in her apartment, who warns George to cancel his vacation to the Cayman Islands. When Elaine rebukes her for smoking while pregnant, the psychic kicks them out before telling George why he should cancel. Is it lupus? Lupus? Is it lupus? <laughs> If it's that. a plane crash, say nothing. <laughs> Not a plane crash. No, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Jerry becomes worried when Newman, who's also a friend of Martin's, sees Jerry with Gina. Later, in the comatose Martin's hospital room, Newman hints to Jerry that he'll tell him what's been going on with Jerry and Gina. While Kramer's in there to tell Martin to give him back his vacuum cleaner. My mother's coming over. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Jerry attempts to buy Newman off with the extra Drake's coffee cake that he has. However, Elaine, now ravenous from her fast, takes it and devours it. 
Martin awakens from his coma and Newman promptly tells him everything while he chokes Jerry. And uh, this is actually the first appearance of Newman on yes, screen. the first physical appearance. Knight. Indeed. And uh, you can see he is an insidious bastard, Newman, but not as insidious as he is, uh, you know, in the future. Obviously, he gets a lot worse. He does, but this is like... The first conniving thing he's done. Yeah, you can see the the you know the the Newman that we all know and loathe. <laughs> all loathe and loved. Yeah. agree as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, George finds rule of the psychic in another hospital room as she's going into labour. He tries to discover from her the reason why he shouldn't go to the Caymans. However, she is taken away to give birth before she can divulge it. Terrified, George sells his ticket to Kramer. While in the Caymans, off screen, Kramer plays nude backgammon with El McPherson. Oh. God, I gotta call Ella. I gotta call her back. She's a sweet kid. She's a sweet kid. I love how they say El McPherson. Yeah, McPherson. <laughs> McPherson, who was there for a shooting of Sport Illu- Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Naked backgammon with swimsuit models. Yeah, I know that. Oh, upon his return, he explains to George that he was mildly stung on the foot by jellyfish. Yeah, yeah it was about got... the second day I got stung by jellyfish. That's and my foot what... was aching. <laughs> that must have been what they were trying to say. That's what Ruler was telling. That's what Ruler was telling. Yeah, you gotta gotta watch for the jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> you can just hear the disappointment in his voice. Yeah, I know. And theorizes that this is why the psychic didn't want George to go on the trip. And isn't that a shitty thing to do? Like if you're foretold that something might go wrong, you sell the ticket to your mate. Yeah. I was like, what if something happened to Kramer? I don't know. Would George live with the regret? Probably not. Well, he didn't force Kramer to buy it. No, no. You know. And he was he he was honest. He said I went to a psychic and uh something bad might happen. Kramer still bought the ticket knowing that that happens so yeah, yeah no nah, no responsibility on george okay fair enough. yeah um i am more concerned about the fact that george went to a psychic if you go to a psychic i think you're a bit dumb especially one who smokes while they're pregnant yeah i mean geez <laughs> yeah. like even even george says oh she she would have foreseen that yeah you know smoking with while pregnant i love that <laughs> like she would have foreseen that <laughs> or something like that i love that justification yeah. for telling elaine to shut up yeah it's like no no it doesn't count because she could have she could have foreseen <laughs> Uh, do you have any episode trivia? Uh, well, actually, before I do, um, other secondaries in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Howard Schechter plays the doctor, Peggy Lane plays the nurse, and Amy Arrow plays Ruler's young daughter, Faithy, who picks her nose. Nice. Um, I only have notes on Gina, Martin, and Ruler, because the other secondaries were pretty minor. Well, they're really the only secondaries. The only three, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yes, I do have quite a bit of trivia, actually. Um, this is the first time we hear Jerry utter the words, Hello, Newman. Oh, but not yeah. like, hello, Newman. Mm. Hello, Newman. Yeah. Yeah. They're not as uh, pronounced and dramatic. That's right. Yep. Uh, Jason Alexander's mother appears as an extra sitting next to Elaine when they're waiting in the doctor's she office. She does, yes. How good yeah. is that? Really cool. When uh, Elaine talks about a mountain of juicy ducks yeah. when she's uh, delirious and hungry. <laughs> duck. <laughs> duck. Mountains of juicy duck. <laughs> duck. <laughs> um. Jerry mentions that George's father is bald. Uh, in the handicapped spot in season four, George's father, Frank, was played by John Randolph, who was bald. Um, but when Jerry Stiller came onto the scene, he's not bald. Uh, he had to reshoot the scenes uh, for that episode. Uh, and therefore, the line about George's f- uh, father became a continuity error. Yep. Yes. I love that scene, though, when, uh, you know, George is trying to convince Jerry and Elaine that he has some sort of psychic power. He goes, I knew I was going to go bald. <laughs> and he goes, your father's bald. And he goes, ah, but Jerry, baldness is uh, inherited via the mother's side. And he goes, your mother's bald <laughs> your too. Your mother's bald too. That's one of my favourite lines <laughs> yeah. of the episode. Your mother's bald too. My, my favourite line from the episode is when um, Jean is trying to make out with Jerry in front of Martin. Yep. And she goes, what kind of man are you? <laughs> a man that respects a good comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like my favourite line. <laughs> I love uh, Jerry's <laughs> so when, when they're in the apartment as well. <laughs> when. uh line. 
when Gina goes, you know, will you show me these stooges? And Jerry goes, I will show you the stooges. I will show you the stooges. <laughs> so confidently. I don't know where they are now. <laughs> <laughs> if I locate them, you'll be the first to know. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> I will show you the stooges. Yeah, I'll show you the stooges. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, while visiting a psychic uh, in the episode... George claims that his, quote, brother once impregnated a girl named Pauline. Yes. However, in later episodes, uh, George is portrayed as being an only child. So, mm. another continuity error. I know. Area? Error. Area, era, same thing. Well, same thing, yeah. <laughs> um, the founder of Drake's Coffee Cake, his name was Newman E. Drake. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Actually, I did a bit of research on Drake's Coffee Cake. Yeah. I've got a, a small little interesting factoid at the end of this trivia. Okay. Well, you got one right there you're about to devour anyway and one to save for later. Yeah. Don't worry, I won't tell. <laughs> One of the big ones. I don't kiss and tell. True. Don't worry. Now, some more trivia. The actress Gina uh, Gallego, Gallego yeah, who yeah. played Gina Gallego in the episode, yep. uh, originally auditioned to play Evie, the cleaning woman from another season three episode, uh, The Red Dot. Yeah, the one who George would have had sex with on the desk. That's right, Appendant <laughs> Publishing. Yes. Yeah, hey, so there's a lot of that in Seinfeld. You know, we talk a lot about the secondary characters and the actors or actresses mm-hmm. who play them. Yep. And uh, usually once at maybe every two or three weeks... In, uh, in the episode trivia or in the bios, it's always like, you know, this actress or actor originally auditioned for this other role. They didn't get it for whatever reason, but then they were recast to something later. Yeah, which is it's, nice. It's really cool. That was like last week, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yep. You know, he tried auditioning for Duncan in the that's race. Right. Yeah, yep. That's right. Yeah, that's right. When we did the abstinence. Yep. Yeah, it was but, interesting. But uh, he was cast as Ben, yeah, the right. almost doctor. <laughs> the almost doctor. <laughs> but eventual doctor. Eventual doctor after his fourth uh, exam. Fourth exam. Yeah. yeah. And then he just dumps the lane straight yeah, away. That's, that's right. a dream of being that's a doctor. That's a dream of being a doctor, dumping the person you're with. <laughs> I know. I love uh, how he like, <laughs> imagines his future self. He's like, when I become a doctor, I'm just going to dump who I was with. Not, I'm going to be proud that all my hard work's paid off or I get to earn a lot of money or help a lot of people. I'm going to dump my girlfriend. That's my number one nice. aspiration. Nice. No wonder med schools are so full. <laughs> In order to get his vacuum back from Martin, Kramer tells him his mother is coming to visit and will be appalled at the rug not being vacuumed. I have a carpet sweeper you can use. Uh, in episode uh, season six, rather, uh, in the switch, uh, Kramer says he hasn't spoken to his mother, Babs, in five years. Wow, three so. continuity errors in this mm, episode. I know. Oh, well. Oh, oh well. Happens. Oh, well. A uh, bit of an anomaly because Seinfeld's known you know, for its uh, <laughs> awesome continuity errors and, you know, making sure everything lines up. Of so. course, yes. Oh, well. Yes. Uh, kind of a, kind of, you can't win them all, I guess. No. Yeah, so... Uh, We're only human after all. That's true. Yes. Um, during the fall of 2017, so this is about Drake's Coffee Cake, and if you want to read about Drake's Coffee Cake, just go to, I think it's Drake's Cakes, that's a brand name, go to Wikipedia and it's got a really, really interesting and colourful history. There's companies buying the comp- uh, companies buying the company selling the company discontinuing discontinuing the lines they need Drake to the endorse the product yeah yeah that's true Gavin Ray's coffee cake yeah you know that, that could work w- that would work yeah yeah but people would think it was his coffee cake because of the title like of Drake's course. he owns it and he's come like, no, and no, have don't. some coffee cake <laughs> you know you want it shake and bake you know that, that could work. That's like Drake singing the um, singing the tune you're just you saying know. things that rhyme with pretty <laughs> Drake. much yes. shake and bake yeah fake lake cake yeah basically <laughs> yes anyway uh so up until the fall of 2017 like i said the history of drake's coffee cake and accompanying cakes that go along with uh the company's range of products uh were discontinued so in 2017 without warnings the the parent company who owned drake's coffee cake stopped production and distribution of drake's coffee cakes oh no that didn't ex- oh however however oh, yes the finger is the up finger went however up. yes the however the finger like on, the cricket umpire you are that's it how's that <laughs> out on july 27 
this sorry last year 2018 uh mckee again the parent company announced that drake's coffee cakes would return in the fall so that would have been in the fall last year which mm. would have been around september october yep. so our spring in australia so uh, i'm guessing they're available for purchase again so if they are if you have one <laughs> if they're sold at your local supermarket please uh take a photo and send it to us that'd yeah, be please. awesome or, or if you want to send us a coffee cake or yeah if you want to send us a coffee cake, cake. Anyway, yeah yeah yeah. i'll just have a smell well that means i guess the um the u.s shops that we have here they might have them too it's true because they usually import american products obviously that's true you know, yeah. yeah maybe i'll go there keep an eye out for them yeah uh, yeah, that's all the episode trivia I have. Do you have any more? Uh, no, that's it. But I reckon we'll take a quick break and then uh, we'll talk about Gina, Martin and Ruler. How's that? Sounds good. Is that a uh, Drake's coffee cake? <laughs> wow. Where did you get that? Oh, my house. I got a whole box of them. <laughs> boy, that's the full size. That's your big boy. <laughs> Can I have a bite? I don't give out bites. I got another one. But I'm saving it for later. Just one bite? I don't think so. You know, they're, they're so fragile. All right! All right. I won't say anything. You swear? I swear. On your mother's life. On my mother's life. <laughs> Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are talking about Season three's The Suicide. Uh, we've just gone through some Seinfeld news and some episode trivia. Lots of interesting facts about the episode and Drake's coffee cake. Mm, yummy, yummy. Uh, and now we're moving on to what we're here for, what we do best. It's talking about the secondary characters. <laughs> Let's start off with uh, Gina. Gina, yes. Played by American actress Gina Gallego. Uh, known for appearing in the films Erin Brockovich and The Minority Report. Uh, she's also appeared in daytime soap operas The Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, and Santa Barbara. That's right. She's also uh, appeared in Knight Rider, 90210, ER. And Jag. Jeez, can't get any more nineties than that, huh? No, that's nice. that's that's probably the most ni- well, except Knight Rider. It's probably the most nineties sentence that's ever been said. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> nine two one zero, or at least E-R the most late late twentieth century. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Say. The eighties and nineties combined. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So uh, I really like her. She's I like very, her a lot. She's very. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Vivacious. Vivacious yes. and kind of fiery. Yeah. You know, typical... Mediterranean. Mediterranean woman. <laughs> I figured, I was thinking, because Kramer refers to her as a Mediterranean woman, and oh. that's why they're so great. I would have said Italian. Well... Uh, I guess Italian? Well, I thought Italian because of her last name. And Jean. Yeah. Um, but apparently Gallego, yep. uh, the the surname uh, is Spanish. Okay. She's from Spain? Yeah. Or? So I'm guessing she's, she's, she's Spanish. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's Mediterranean. Yeah. Obviously. That's, that's true. Yeah. I really liked her character a lot. Yeah. I thought she was great. Yeah. No, I yeah. really liked her a lot. She kind of gave me vibes. I guess it's probably because of the foreign accent, but she kind of reminded me of like Rava from the statue. Yeah. In terms of like her for- her her being foreign. Yep. Not really her attitude. Like Rava was more laid back and more she's melancholy. Just, yeah. You know. She's just a... Yeah. She's just a piece of work. Yeah. Whereas Gina was more, you know, excited and, mm. you know, she was up for adventure you know yep. what I mean like kissing making out with Jerry in front of her comatose boyfriend you know what I mean like she's very daring yep and she really likes Jerry's sense of humour mm-hmm. I think as well like even though you know Jerry's got a very observational style of humour I think Gina likes it yeah for sure and she loves American culture even though she doesn't understand it you know mm. she doesn't know who the three stooges are and yeah I was, it's it's interesting you say that because I was thinking 
she mentions that she hasn't had Drake's coffee cake since she was a little girl. And mm. I'm going to assume that Drake's coffee cake was only available in the US. I don't imagine it would have been available in Spain. No. In, yeah, uh, right, in the 70s. True. So yes, yes. I was thinking maybe she, and she's got an accent, so she obviously has spent a lot of time in Spain. Even though she speaks perfect mm. English, her accent is still very thick. Yeah. So I'm going to assume she moved to the US as a young girl, and mm. that's when she had Drake's coffee cake. Yeah. And most people, when they move to another country at a young age, when they're an adult, their original accent is lost because mm-hmm. you know, they've spent 20, 30 years in whatever country. But like I said, her accent is still still thick. So after she lived in America for a little while as a little girl and had however much Drake's coffee cake, she went back to Spain and then she's come back as an adult. And that would explain her having Drake's coffee cake as a kid, yeah. not having had it since she was a kid because you think she would have had it if she'd spent time in the US in her teen years and early 20s, but she's come back to the US in, say, the last three or four years. Yep. Uh, and that would explain her uh, still thick and prevalent accent. Yeah, that's And also true. lack yeah, of knowledge yeah. about American culture. Because the Three Stooges are, you know, a, a fixture in American culture. Of course. If she'd spent 25 or 30 years growing up predominantly in America, she at least would have heard of them. Even like, if she even wasn't we a know fan. who the Stooges are. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a fan, but I know I'm aware of them. Because I know, I can so, picture them in my head. Yeah, like, exactly. Know they are, yeah. You know, they're so, so important to American sort of pop culture. Is it Larry, Moe and Curly? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that would explain her lack of awareness, but also the fact that she ate Drake's coffee cake and the fact that she hadn't had Drake's coffee cake since she was a girl and also her accent being thick. That makes sense. So she actually came to America and then obviously left. Yeah. So I'm guessing maybe her, her, her father or mother, you know, had a job that made them travel or maybe they came over. Um, you know, and then they went back to Spain for some reason, and then they came. She came back as an adult. Maybe her family's still in Spain, and she decided to move back to America as uh, an adult. Unless she was born in America, mm. raised as a young child, and her father got shipped to Spain. It's true. Or her parents got shipped to Spain for some mm. reason, and then she stayed there for however long she did, and that's also you a know, possibility. Developed the accent, so she she's got an American citizenship. She's an American, yep. and she's also Spanish as well. It's true. And That's then she just came back here. It's also a possibility. I mean, to America, yes. Yeah. It, regardless yeah. of, uh, you know, how it, how, it, how it happened, she's obviously spent a lot of time in the US uh, and in Spain, you know, and that would explain sort of mm-hmm. her, her circumstance and her accent and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I also think that she has a, I guess, a, this might be stereotyping, but I think it's true in my experience and what I hear as well. Typically, uh, in Spanish culture and in in French culture and Italian culture, those three countries uh, specifically, the role of men and women, especially when it comes to, say, sexual or relationship dynamics, is very specific. You know, men are the take-charge kind. Women are a bit more submissive. Women tend to like, you know, machismo and sort of take-charge men who make decisions Mm. and are daring and ballsy, whereas the woman likes to be sort of, uh, you know, a bit more passive and a bit more, I guess, led on or led by the men. Yeah, but I think Gina likes to take control. Yeah, she does, but if you think about it, she also likes the idea of, I mean, Martin, who we'll talk about soon, is quite a dominant, aggressive kind of guy, and I think she finds that attractive because he's just, he doesn't take any shit, he just does what he wants, and I think she likes that on some level, and she, she... she doesn't like it when Jerry is a bit of a wet blanket That's about right, kissing yeah. her. You know, she's like, you're not a man. So I think she's got He's a really... not going to sta- wake up. Yeah, I know. think she's got a really staunch idea about what a man is or what yeah. a man should do or how a man should act in, 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 in life based on that cultural kind of dynamic that, you know, exists even to this day in, mm-hmm. in Spain and Italy and in Mediterranean countries. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that what makes you, sense. Yeah, what do you think about that? No, I, I mean, I think that's fair, but I see her as the domineering one. Sure. I mean, she know. she's the more fiery, outspoken personality, but... 
Hot-blooded uh, for sure. Hot-blooded for sure. <laughs> but I think just in terms of what yeah. she thinks, how she thinks men and women should act. Yeah. You know, she doesn't like that Jerry's a bit more of a passive, you know, weak-willed man, I guess, in That's her right. eyes, you know? Yeah. Because he's she, like... She wants, like, I guess... She wants for, a decisive... For the, for the lack man. of a better term, a man's man. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, a bit more of a traditionally masculine man. Masculine who man. makes decisions and doesn't take any shit and yeah. is a bit more aggressive. She wants, like, a Steve McQueen or yeah. a Chuck Norris or... Yeah. You know, and I think once she... Like I think she, you know, she dabbles in, you know, she likes Jerry for his sense of humor, but once she gets to know his personality, yeah. she dumps him and she gets back with Martin. That's right. Yeah, they actually reconcile and they move out. That's right. Together. And they so, uh, invite know. them all to a housewarming party, which is a really, which really, really, really strange turn Especially if you've been banging someone's girlfriend. Yeah. You know, it's like while you've been comatose. Yeah. You wouldn't invite them. No. You know, that'd no. be a weird. Yeah, real strange. Because, yeah, because that they one of the um, things that they argue about is like, what happens if someone's in a coma? Mm. All bets are off, basically. Yep. It's like, yeah, what? You've it, got 24 hours and then all of their stuff and then is all yours. The stuff's yours. Even the girlfriends and stuff. So, like, oh, all right, fine. Like, what is the etiquette for a coma? There's no social etiquette There's on no like. Social etiquette. It's not like open season after a certain period of time. Kramer's twenty four hours, and then it's all, you know, it's all on the table. Anything's up for grabs. Stephen's twenty four hours. His bike's mine. <laughs> yes. Well, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> That's true. You know, I mean, if I wake up from the coma, then I don't know. Unless I got maybe maybe I got in the coma from a bike bike crash oh. and I'm traumatized from riding so it's like well you can have it anyway yes you know indeed you know <laughs> yeah no I really enjoyed Gina I liked her a lot too she yeah, was great for sure really cool yeah uh, let's talk about Ruler the psychic alright played by Mimi Lieber uh, known for appearing in Everybody's Fine and as a dancer in the film Grease yep yes. yep for sure yeah Ruler uh, yeah I don't, she seems like one of those like I'm a bit skeptical about her uh, practices I think, I think she kind of puts it on she's a bit of a scammer I was going to say I'm just going to come out and say it. I think she's a scam artist. A scammer, yeah. I think she's full of shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are a lot of people who profess to have psychic abilities and they practice being a psychic and they believe and whoever comes to them believe that they have that ability, which is fine. But uh, I think she knows that she doesn't have that ability and she just takes advantage of people's insecurity and indecisiveness. Yep. And I think she's a bit of a bit of a jerk. Like most psychics. Yeah, you know, a bit of a charlatan. A bit of a charlatan, yes. Definitely. A harem. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, I find she's quite a strict mother. Because you mm. notice when, like, her kid picks her nose. Yep. You know, Faithy yep. picks her nose. She kind of, like, glares at her and then... The kid just, like, uh, really quickly pulls her finger out of her yeah. nose. Yeah, I think yeah. she is a bit of a... Maybe a bit of a tyrant. A tyrant, yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, runs a very strict household. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And, look, I am not going to criticise people who smoke. It's their mm-hmm. decision. I used to be a smoker, and I still do... Very occasionally. But, uh, yeah, smoking when you're pregnant, I can't help but be on Elaine's side. Yeah, I agree. It's actually uh, one of the only things I agree with Elaine on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and even in... And it's great to see her with, like, a moral compass. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, I think, you know, if, if in this scenario in the 90s for this scene... If Elaine was indifferent, if someone, if the show was indifferent about someone smoking while pregnant, I think a lot of people would have been about like unhappy about the show. It's like, oh, hang on, like, what message are you sending? You've got to, you know, because especially in the nineties, when late eighties and early nineties, like anti-smoking campaigns were massive. Yeah, and even Elaine says all the studies that have come out. Exactly. You know, know, I mean, that's when the real power and real profits from smoking companies and tobacco companies started to drop. You know, after medical research that had been around for 30 years, it actually started to come to light. Yeah. So I think the show needed to take a strong stance in line with, you know, the social trends and attitudes of the time. Otherwise, I think it would have been criticized if, Definitely if they showed a woman smoking while she was pregnant and they didn't say anything via one of their characters. I don't know. I think that would have uh, made a few people unhappy. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Even though the show is morally ambiguous a lot of the time. 
that is something that you just have to be real clear cut about. And I think in that scene, Elaine represented us as well. Yeah. You know, we see her smoking and pregnant and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And yeah. Elaine's kind of channeling us. Yeah. She's kind of like saying what we want to say to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's a shit person. Too. Yeah. But George was just George in this situation. It's like, <laughs> never mind your unborn baby who might be you know, whose health might be compromised by you smoking. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know about my fucking holiday. <laughs> exactly, basically. You know, George is still being George. Classic George. And even when, when um, Ruler's in the waiting room or in the hospital bed going into labour, even George. Yeah. You know, George tells Faithy to go get a nurse. Honey, go get a nurse. Yep. So what's going to happen to me? <gasps> yeah. <gasps> what, it kind of reminds why, me of uh, when he's obsessed with uh, Seven. You know, like yeah, 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 this woman's yeah. in labour. She's right. going through something that you know takes priority over everything else that's going on at the time but he's still trying to like push push his point which is not important at yeah. all you know? and, yeah and george mentions in the final scene as well that he actually helped he's yeah. like i've never helped in the delivery of a baby before yeah. it's like what <laughs> so what do you reckon he did he, he... i don't know he could have done he could have like done something heroic like in uh, the marine biologist and just you know taken charge and push the doctors out of the way or push the 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 um the the midwives out of the way or something and just delivered this baby or something. What maybe. shall we call this baby? Titleist. <laughs> <laughs> now he ends up being Rasputin. Rasputin, that's Rasputin, right. Yeah. yeah, I love how Joe goes, huh? Uh, yeah, because in reference to the first joke they mentioned. Yeah, it's a nice uh, little sort of tie-in to the yep. first scene. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really like Ruler. No, me either. Um, even if she wasn't smoking while pregnant, which is a pretty detestable thing. Uh, I just, yeah, she's just a bit of a jerk. And, yeah. Yeah, I think a scammer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. All right, finally, Martin. Yes. Played by C.E. Grimes, uh, known for appearing in Colours and Death Warrant. That's right. Um, he hasn't had any acting credits since 1992. That's correct, yeah. His, one of his last um, performances was uh, in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I think it was his second or third last yeah, from that, memory. That's right, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Tough I mentioned. Bastard, isn't he? Yeah, like yeah. I mentioned before when we were talking about Gina, uh, he's a bit of a pretty aggressive. Pretty, Probably um, any pr- criminal tendencies maybe i would i would say yes um yeah i wouldn't be surprised i don't think he's like a hardened murderer or some like hardcore no, criminal no, 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 but no, i think no. he he uh you know he operates on the criminal fringes in some way maybe mm. organized crime or yeah. you know something i could see him being like a petty thief or you know maybe like a smuggler or you know something that isn't killing people or no. ruining lives um a victimless crime victimless crimes yeah, yeah. you know maybe a, a cat burglar or mm. i don't know actually uh, no cat burglar. Bit, yeah i don't think he'd be a cat he's a bit too rough around the edges i guess to be a cat burglar but yeah he'd probably like bludgeon everyone in the house that's true <laughs> he actually no he's a bit too bit yeah. too violent for that probably yes yeah uh, and also he clearly loves gina a lot because yeah. you know he's the reason or gina's the reason why he attempted suicide mm. as well because gina yeah. says oh i told him i didn't love him anymore yep and then you know he's clearly in love with her I don't think it's love. I think it's possession. Possession. It's a big difference. Oh, okay. Obsession right. and possession. Right. I don't think it's the fact that he wants Gina. He just doesn't want anyone else to have her. Right. He and wants control. He wants control. And then he's in a comatose state and Gina feels like she's in control. Yep. Yeah, because yep. Martin can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say he's... Emo- he's an abuser. Emotionally very unstable. I don't think he would be a physical abuser. Emotionally I think abuser. that would be a bit too dark for the show. No, he's um, an emotional abuser. Yeah, I think yeah. he's a manipulator and he he yeah likes to be in control because he's emotionally unstable himself and he probably self-loathes a lot. Um, yeah. You know, that's a pretty common characteristic. He hates himself. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe because of what he does for a living if he is a criminal of some sort. Um, you know, and that would explain as well a lot of his sort of unfriendly and aggressive behavior towards everyone you know he's really just he doesn't like jerry 
But interestingly enough, well, it's it makes sense, but it also is interesting the fact that he uh, is mates with Newman. He's mates with Newman, yeah, yeah. I know. I could imagine, I was thinking about that, I thought, how, how would have they struck up a f- conversation to even become friends? And I reckon that Newman, you know, because he's a weasel. Yeah, he know, is. He's, he's a little weasel who who just wants to get something from someone and he'll do whatever it takes. He was the kid in school who hides behind the bully mm-hmm. when the bully picks on someone. He's the kid snickering yep. behind their shoulder. Yeah. That's Newman. He's a weasel and a coward. Yeah, that's right. I think he would have uh, picked up on Martin's sort of character pretty early and I reckon he would have intentionally like sucked up to him yep. and been his, almost, I guess, almost like his bitch. And note as well that Gina mentions that Martin doesn't like Jerry. Mm-hmm. So Newman and Martin found a common ground and said, oh, I don't like Jerry either. That's true. That you could know. have been his entry point. Probably. Yeah. So they found something in common and yep. they went from there. And I reckon, you know, Martin wouldn't make an effort to get to know Jerry. No. He wouldn't. He wouldn't spend time with him and then find reasons to hate him. So I reckon any perception he has of Jerry would be fed, you know, the information would have been fed in by Newman because Newman obviously hates him. And I think he, he's got a very, probably not a friendship, but more of like being an acquaintance to Kramer because Kramer lends him his vacuum cleaner. Yeah. So they kind of have like a connection, not as close as Newman. Yeah. Maybe just like a, hey, neighbor, how yeah. you doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Kramer does have that ability to befriend or at least, uh, you know, have some sort of mutual relationship with people that, uh, you know, others don't like, like the soup Nazi. Yep. You know, so yeah, I mean, Kramer's got that going for him as well. He does. Yeah, but I could imagine Newman sort of being his little lackey, a little sort of errand boy. Yeah, running, bitch, running his, you know, things, just yeah. little weasel yeah. just to stay on his good side. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, even though Martin's only in one scene or two or three scenes, but he's in a co- he's comatose for, you know, most of the, the, the screen time he has. He's your favorite secondary. No, no <laughs> not in this episode. I just like him. Yeah. His character. Yeah, I wish we saw more of him. But yeah. yeah. He I was an interesting guy. I was like, what's his story? Yeah. You know? Or it um, would have been great to maybe see him in like a future season three episode, maybe season four. He comes back for yeah. some reason. Or maybe yeah. Newman gets in touch with him for something. Yeah, that would have been, been cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh well. Who knows? Who knows? I was interested as well because Elaine said that, described him as creepy. And I'm like, did he do something to Elaine? Do you think he like made a pass at her, or do you reckon he's just got a creepy vibe? He's just got a creepy vibe, I you know, think, and yeah. she's just put off by his general. I think it's that. Okay, he does. He does it like obviously he's an actor. Like mm. the real guy is probably nice. Yeah, like the actor. Yeah, but his character, um, yeah, he just seems very. Like, you look at him, like, if you saw him in, like, a dark alley, you'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Keep walking. Yeah. You know, like, You'd cross the road, for sure. Yeah. He's an intimidating guy. Yeah. One thing as well, uh, the final point, really, about Martin uh, is how passionately he dislikes Drake's coffee cake. Do you think he genuinely likes Drake's, uh, dislikes well, Drake's coffee like, cake? He dislikes coffee cake. Yeah, because remember how uh, oh. how Jean is saying to, to, um, oh, yeah. to Jerry that... That she used to love it as a child. Yeah. But- no, when, when, when Gina comes over to... Tell Jerry that he attempted suicide and he was oh, in a coma. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. She was describing her argument. On, I don't have time to put on no, my No, he's like, no, I'll get the coat. <laughs> no, I'll get the coat. I'll get the coat. <laughs> I love that scene. All right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, let's go. And she's like, no, put on the coat. And he's like, no, I won't. Yeah, I just yeah, love yeah. that back and forth. That's good. No, but when she's describing their argument mm. and what led to the situation, uh, you know, they got home from wherever they went and he was ranting about how Jerry, you know, was talking to Gina, being really jealous. But then he also kept on going on and on about how he hates oh, Drake's how, hate Drake's how it's too sweet yes. and da 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 Of course, da, da, da. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. so yes. I, I was thinking, does he dislike it because Gina likes it? You know, is that another power play of like, well, whatever, he just wants to be a contrarian in that relationship. He's Maybe. like, well, whatever you love, I hate. Yeah, that's just, probably Just it. to be, yep. you know, because he's that sort of guy. Yeah. Or does he genuinely dislike it? I don't know. <laughs> just a question I thought just, I'd pose to you. Yeah, and it's interesting how the coffee cake... 
goes through Newman and then Lane or Jerry first, then Newman and then yeah. Lane steals it. And For sure. I would argue that Drake's coffee cake in this episode, much like the BO in uh, the, what's that episode called? The smelly the st- car. The smelly car. Yes. I would argue that the that Drake's coffee cake is probably the most important character. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so. the linchpin of this episode. It is. Yeah, they know? should have called it the coffee cake. Yeah, that would, would be called the Drake's coffee cake. Yeah, yeah. I think the suicide's probably a bit rough. Yeah, it's, it probably wouldn't fly because he didn't die. No, he attempted, but yeah, they probably true. could have picked a better name. Yeah, it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit. You know, maybe a bit distasteful. Probably. You know, I wouldn't have called it that. No, maybe yeah. the I don't know the the coffee cake the coffee or the cake, cake even the just cake. the cake. The cake would have been fine. You know, or the 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 swimsuit model. Ah, uh, yeah. Or the backgammon. The Elle McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta call her back. <laughs> She's a good kid. She's a good kid. Anyway, that is uh, all the secondary characters for this week's episode of Bibble Bass: The Suicide. That's right. Yes, and uh, I reckon uh, we might as well jump into our top ten. Why not? Yeah. See, or, or you know, wherever the episode fell. So this is our. 69th episode. Ooh. Oh, you beauty. Um, so where does the suicide sit in your top 69? Uh, number 21. Oh, yeah. I really like this episode. Yeah, I liked it too. I didn't think there were yeah. any weak moments. Um, I really loved the the scene where Jerry is uh, having a go at George because both of his parents were bald. That just makes me laugh. Yes. And I also love the scene... It's just such simple comedy where, um, you know, Jerry's trying to get uh, coerced George into buying the rubbish. You know, he's trying to, like, use oh. him because he's got no job. He's like, yeah, And then he puts it like, at Kramer's. Fr- oh, yeah, just, that's I right. I just love that scene how yeah, yeah. they're just like, what it's do like I... 50 cents. Like, I don't want to walk. They could have walked down to the bin and yeah, back in the time yeah, yeah. that they spent chatting. That's right. But instead, of they just knock on the door, quickly duck inside to Jerry's apartment, and Kramer comes out. And, and he's already suspicious. He's like, what's this? And he sort of takes it, and he's really... Paranoid is like, oh no, you know, sort of like a like a rat with a muffin or something. Yeah, just like, yeah, no one better yeah. take my thing. And it's like oh, his man. treasure. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that scene. That's good. Yeah. And um, all the secondary characters were cool. They're all memorable as well. Yeah. They know, are, sometimes yeah. we talk yeah. about secondary characters. Like Ben last week, he served the purpose in the show, but he's, I don't know, there was nothing really distinguishing about him. And he didn't yeah. have any idiosyncrasies or lines or anything. He was just, uh, it was a bit. White bread, and he's not one who'll come up in twenty years. Oh, no. who's some of your favorite secondaries? Aren't ben? yeah, no, you know. Whereas yeah. Gina, Ruler, and uh, Martin in this episode, they're all different, but they all are memorable. They are, yeah. You know, I actually and, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And even though they all had little screen time, uh, they're all really fleshed out. There was a lot to work with for us, which yep. is something I always appreciate. Sometimes there's a character who might be in one or two scenes, and you get kernels of 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 information about who they are, but there's just not enough to grasp onto and really, really dive into. But I thought, you know, they're all fleshed out considering they all had not much screen time yeah, at all. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just yeah. a solid episode and how it all tie- ties in at the end with the Drake coffee cake. Definitely yeah, one of the I, best season three episodes. For sure, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I didn't think there were any weak moments and just, yeah, I, I had some good lols throughout. Nice. How about you? Uh, number 29. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew. Like, it wasn't... Like, it was as good as I remembered it when mm-hmm. I watched it last time. Yep. Yeah, definitely enjoyable. I thought Gina was great. Yep. Um, she was really good. And, you know, Martin, you know, you're right. It was enough for them to be fleshed out, Martin and Ruler, even yeah. though Martin's unconscious for, <laughs> you know, three quarters of the episode. I think he has, yeah. like, what, three lines? Yeah. You know, how are you? Good enough. Good enough, yeah. And then he might have one line at the end when he's choking Jerry, maybe? And then when he's waking up, uh, Yeah, if, uh, you call, if you call, like, a weird sound a line. <laughs> a line. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, number 29. Nice. Really enjoyed it. Yes. Nice, nice. Any secondary characters from this episode in your top 20, Mumbo? No. No, no. Nope. Um, I like them all, but uh, none of them stood out enough. Uh, for me to to penetrate the top twenty, I don't know why I said penetrate to make the top twenty. <laughs> to make the top twenty, yes. yes. To insert about- it and take it out and put it back in. 
Into the top 20, I mean. Into course the top, I mean, into the top 20. Anyway, what about you? <laughs> Jean is number 18. Oh, wow, cool. And uh, she eliminates Mel Sanger from The Bubble Boy. Oh. Yes. That's uh, The Bubble Boy's dad, right? Yeah, that's right, Mel. Yeah, yeah so for hauling you who yeah. six days a week. <laughs> Poor bugger. Yes, <laughs> so she sits uh, in between Bob and Cedric at 17 and Bruce from The Chinese Restaurant at number 19. Nice one. Yes. Uh, I haven't included our top 10 episodes and or characters uh, in the show notes for a little while, but uh, I promise I will put them up in this week's episode uh, just so you can, you know, uh, check out you know who who we've liked throughout our nearly hundred episodes of People Bus. Yeah, I'll read mine out while I'm here anyway. My top okay, ten. Cool. Um, so number ten, David Putty. Number nine is Joe from the Mango. Uh, eight's Mary Cantati from the season two episode, The Baby Shower. Um, number seven is Aaron, the close talker uh, from. You know, our The Talkers episode. What's yep. the deal? Uh, he's also on The Raincoats, mm-hmm. parts one and two. Uh, number six is Newman, of course. Number five is Bookman from the library. Number four is Susan. Three is the Soup Nazi. Two is Frank Costanza. And one, George Steinbrenner. Nice. Yes. Nice. Uh, I don't have my top ten on me, but again, I'll put them in the notes. Uh, Seinfeldisms, do you have any this week? I have one, yes. Awesome. So I was driving to work, and there's this um, company called Man in a Van. They're like a removal company. Is that what they're called? Men in a van? Yep. Yeah, I know them yeah. well. Anyway. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're one of their offices is just down the road from work. Oh, there you go. That explains it. Yeah. So anyway, there was this uh, medium-sized truck, I guess you can call it, moving truck. And uh, uh, men in a van, they actually name their trucks. And the name of this one, I had to look at it twice. I'm like, hang on, what is this? The name of the truck was Golden Boy. Oh, wow. Like Jerry's shirt. Great. Golden That's got to be a deliberate reference. Must be. Yeah. I looked mm. at it. I had to look at it like twice at the traffic light. I'm like... Golden Boy. That's such a good Seinfeld. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I really like that that's one. That's awesome. Yeah. I unfortunately have zero. You have zero. That's I think it's weird. the first time in a long time. First time I've beaten you in Seinfeldism. Yeah. My for goodness. a while. Indeed. <laughs> goodness gracious. Well, because I didn't have any uh, Seinfeldisms, I think I deserve to read Seinfeldia. Oh, I think you do. Yes. And I will get the fact for you right now. The uh, <laughs> We still need to buy the 2019 calendar. Yeah, I know. Cool. I think it's still available, apparently. It's out. Yeah. 2019 calendar. I imagine it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's only 14 days into 2019, 15 days. <laughs> hey, you might get a discount. True. <laughs> 14% off. They give you a certain percentage off each day. <laughs> each day. You know, so on December 31st, it's like four cents. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, so this is a random fact from last year. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was prone to breaking up in scenes with Jerry Stiller. Uh, in one scene, Frank had to challenge Elaine. He said, you saying you want a piece of me? It took five or six times oh. before she could get through without uh, get through it without doubling over in laughter. Stiller could ask for no more as an actor. I've seen the outtakes for that one, and yeah. Julia Louis just cracks it. She just loses it. Yeah, she does. I think we talked about it when we did that episode. Yeah. What episode is that? That was the beard... Was it the beard? I think so. I think, or the rob? No, it wasn't the robbery. I think it was the beard. Yeah, we've done that episode. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we talked about Say, the. Outtakes. You want a piece of me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. So, yeah, so you got to watch them on YouTube. For so sure. funny. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, I think that's another episode, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. If you want to get in touch with us, you can bibblebask b i d w b a s c podcast at gmail dot com. You can go to our website bibblebask dot com. We're on all socials at bibblebask, and we're also available uh, for streaming and uh, subscribing on all podcast services, so Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. We're all there. Uh, yeah, and if you want to rate us or review us or tell a friend or tell someone who you think might like us about us, that would be amazing. And thank you very much for your support as well. Whether you're listening in for the first time, you may have searched for Seinfeld on your podcast app and said, oh, this one came up. Cool. Let's give it a crack. Thank you very much. Uh, otherwise, if you've been with us any time from episode one onward, thank you for your ongoing support. And we really appreciate you listening. And you're all the reason why we keep doing these episodes. We love the support. 
That's right. Thank you. Yeah, no, um, it, it's 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 awesome. I mean, after two years of doing anything week to week, you you know, in my past, I've done various projects, and after a couple of years, you tend to get a bit jaded or mm. just a bit over it, or it becomes less fun. This never gets old. No, it doesn't. I mean, some weeks, you know, with the natural ebb and flow of life and mm-hmm. things going on in your personal life, of course, some weeks you're a bit more upbeat, some beats are, weeks you're a bit more downbeat. But generally speaking. This is as fun as it's ever been, yeah. and uh, I don't think it will stop. So, no. yeah, if you've listened to us, like t- uh, Ivan said, from the first time, uh, from the first episode, or if you're a brand new listener or somewhere in between, yeah, thank you so much. It means it means more than we can really articulate. Yeah, and definitely. We, we definitely mean that. Yeah, thank you. So next week, Stephen is off actually for two weeks, and right. uh, Stacy, our uh, regular guest, is coming in as co-host with me. So uh, next week, it is a what's the deal with episode, and we're talking about. Jackie Charles. Sure are. <laughs> and also the actor Phil Morris. Yep. Uh, we'll talk a bit about him as well. And, uh, yeah, and Stacey will be with me as well for another week. Indeed. And I uh, just want to give uh, Stacey a thank you for filling in. Uh, it means a lot. So I think last time I was overseas, we did it by Skype. Yes. We decided not to do that this time because uh, <laughs> the quality isn't as good. Yes. So, uh, yeah, big big, uh, big ups to Stacey yeah. for, um, for, yeah, for doing it for me. It means a lot. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And I will see you next week for What's the Deal with Jackie Charles. And uh, Stephen, you have a good couple of weeks off and I'll see you when you get back, yeah? Sounds great. Week Catch you later. Catch ya.